started here. Welcome back to the Cash Leads Podcast. I am your host, Taking Lunch Money. My name is Donnie, aka Tyrannosaurus Flex. <laughs> You're on the Cash Leads Podcast, where we talk about two things. We talk about the sport of business, we talk about performance, and we talk about money. Another one. Another one. As you guys have known, upgrades. Yes, we have more upgrades. We've added two million dollars to the set you guys may be wondering what the hell is this what is it that he's got it's a soundboard (laughs) guys i got a i got a a a, a terrific guest here today guys if you guys love underdog stories you guys have heard my story coming back from absolutely nothing i'm gonna one up that with my good friend here calvin de la pena just to quickly throw it in there calvin uh played pro ball he was the MVP in the NCAA in the Philippines, uh, Rookie of the Year. I believe you had your Nike shoe as well. Adidas and Nike, yeah. Adidas and Nike shoe yeah. out there as well. Uh, and then that's where the story starts. So give it up for my friend here, Calvin. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you for man, coming in. I, this is awesome. This is I, great. <laughs> the guests that always come here, and for you guys that are watching, we take the show at 8.30 at night. So everyone that comes here is usually <clears throat> gassed out. We bring here cash leads. We bring here high performers. So I love it when you guys make it down here. You're the first one to came here with a horse voice. No, man. I do this. This is fun for me. I, I can do this all day. Just share share my, my story and create awareness and um, inspire people, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, first off, you came here geared up. Yo, yo. I absolutely love it. Yeah, so I just, I'm coming from practice. This so guy's repping the Rise Up Poops. We're going to talk it. more about Rise Up Poops, but how about you explain to us what you're doing these days and yep. what, 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 what is Rise Up Poops? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so I started this program um, 2015. So when I retired from playing ball, I came back and I just saw a lot of kids that were just missing a lot of tools. And, <clears throat> you know, just talking to kids and not having much opportunities and I just wanted to um, you know share my experience to these guys and just just you know have them a set of tools um, so that's when I started you know maybe I started training with six kids and then basically just six kids turned into 12 12 turned into 40 and then it just fucking blew up from there, man. So, so. that's incredible because it blew up to 40. But when I see your Instagram post, yeah. you got a gym full. Yeah. You're running these kids. Man, it's been a blessing. It's, been a, it's, it's, it's honestly been a blessing. You know, like a lot of people say to me now, it's, you know, it's like, oh, you're, you're, you're rolling and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's not even about that, man. At the end of the day, like sometimes I still show up to practice and, and I, I, I stand back and I'm like, whoa, it's uh, it's been a blessing. You know, I, I got to give it up to God. First thing, first thing is is number one is is the above. Um, without him, I'd be absolutely zero. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So how many kids do you have in the camps now, in the academy? I, say. Um, I would say, oh, goodness, a little over 500, close to 600. And... Um, it's growing, it's growing. So, it's been good, man. It's been good. Um, I, I truly believe that, you know, when you have a pure heart and you want to help people and you want to inspire people and you're not doing it for the greens, um, you just want to just be genuine and just help people. Um, and that's that's going to be natural. People just want to just gravitate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So not only do you do rise up hoops, but you also are a strength and conditioning coach as yes, well. Sir. Because I see in your daytimes, yeah. not only do you have a very, very tight following, yeah. you are one of the, the coaches I see that have repeat clients. Yeah. It doesn't look like your clients fall off too much. Yeah. What really got me excited about you was you were the very first coach that truly um, focused on movement. Yeah. And it looked like, especially with the stretches, you do a lot of hip opening stretches. Right, right, right. It looks like, especially like those stabilizing exercises. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we know, I, I know, because I spoke to you once a long time ago about, right. about the injury, and we'll get to that. Right. So why are you? What's your ethos for training and strength conditioning? Uh, main thing is when, when I, when an athlete or an, um, a client comes to me and says, "I have an injury here and here," I find that, you know, first thing I assess the loading. 
you know, can can we load this body? Can we load this human properly? So I focus on mobility and, and, and joint health first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because 90% of the time the athletes or the individual that I get is some, you know, they've had injury, um, exp- uh, what do you call it? They've had injuries before or they're dealing with a problem, especially in today's day and age, in today's society, everyone is so, you know, internally rotated. Right, right. Um, everyone sits in the in the desk and in their office that when I do get that individuals, everyone is so closed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, my goal is to open people up, you know, not just, not just body, but in spiritually too. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So what's the name of your strength and conditioning academy? My, man, it's just Coach K. Coach K. Like I just started, honestly, man, again, like I started off, I started with <laughs> maybe you know, two people and, and I just wanted, well, first thing, way, way, way back, I trained people for free. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those people just kind of just followed me through and said, hey, man, we want to train with you. That was the best shape. You know, when, when I was training with you, that's the best shape I've, I've been. And now it's just, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Welcome back to the Cash Lead Podcast. If you guys are just joining us, I got here an Yo. immense Yo. champion individual here. I got Calvin De La Pena here, <laughs> pro basketball player. We got a champion. We got someone who's come back to Canada. He started a basketball academy for kids. Started <clears> with <throat> one kid, three kid. Now he's got 40 plus, and he's doing some immense work for the community. He's got an incredible story. Uh, and that's where I want to pick this up right here. Yeah. Because I had to reach out to you because I've known you since high school. Yes, sir. We graduated together. We went through yeah. Bishop McNally together. Northeast, what's up? What's up? <laughs> and the amazing thing was uh, you were always a champion. Mm-hmm. You always have a champion heart, champion mindset. You won the championship. Thank you for that. The city champions, of Thank course. Thank you for that. Right? You guys were part of one of the most dominating uh, basketball teams that we've ever seen. Yeah. You took that over to the Philippines. Yep. And that's where I want to start this journey. Yeah. So walk me through. What is it like? And when you're a star here, what, were you instantly a star when you went to the NCAA? Um, no, no, not at all. Like, um, when I moved overseas, it was, I thought it was going to be you know, a walk, a walkthrough, or you know, just it's going to be easy breezy. Filipino cakewalk. Filipino cakewalk, what's man. That, what's that yellow cake? Jeez, <laughs> um, like the puto, man. The puto. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be easy, and I thought it was going to be playing against guys at 5'11". You know, we have Filipinos here in Canada. Mm-hmm. That was the tallest out here. Yeah. So when I went out there, man, it was it was a dog-eat-dog. I was playing guys that were 6'3", 6'6", right. 6'8", 6'10". And I knew that I had to change something. I knew that, like, from a skill level, everybody was all even grounds. Right. Um, but the work ethic, and that was my that was my edge. Right. I knew that one, no one can out fucking work me. Right. That's the number one thing for me. Um, and I I knew that, um, you know, leaving my family, I wasn't gonna be. You know, my uncle once said to me, "Don't let, you know, loneliness loneliness beat you. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's your dream, and you're gonna let loneliness." beat you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was that was to this day that stands out to me you know I want to go home and I want to quit everything that's that I'm I'm trying to achieve because I'm lonely mm-hmm. fuck that so mm-hmm. it was you know when when I had a dream and I want when I got a dream I, I want to make it happen it was it was me versus that guy that I'm trying trying out versus that guy that's trying out um so it was all sharpening the elbows, you know, cracking the neck. Right, Let's right, do right, this, man. Right. So on the physical standpoint, I had to really learn how to be, you know, I had to be a, a dirty player. Mm-hmm. I had to be this aggressive player. Um, and especially in Asia, you know, Asia is like you play you play for the money. You play for the money. At the end of the day, you got to eat. Right. Prize so, fighters. Prize fighters, man. You know, you got to be pit bulls and you got to be sharks. You know, in Canada, we're so... We're, we're, we're pussified out here, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we're babied out here, you know. But in overseas, when you play, you know, in Europe or in, in overseas, man, those guys, those guys fight and those guys, 
play for you know for the lives man right so, right right and, and I, I had to be that i had to be that guy right right because so, they probably looked at you correct me if i'm wrong as a soft canadian absolutely well and i was i was you know when i was trying out you know i could call up my mom i call call my mom and says hey i need brand new shoes in two weeks i got brand new shoes in my mail interesting right and so do you get looked down upon absolutely that? absolutely really. i speak the language i speak english and i got that canadian slang yeah. You know, the locals fucking hated that. Right. The locals were like, who is this guy that walks in here with baggy shorts? Back then it was baggy shorts. Right, right, right. Baggy shorts, brand new Nike t-shirt, got a headband, got the faded hair. <laughs> and you're going against the local guys, you know, like that had t-shirts, that whole t-shirts, their shoes are smaller. You oh, know. wow. Yeah, man. So, you know, for those guys, those guys go home, they have to feed their little brothers, their five little brothers. You know, they got to wow. look out for the three, you know, the, for the whole family, their family, their parents probably get like, you know, $5 a day for their work. Well, here I am, got a condo, you know, and I can call up my mom for extra money and then she sends me money. So my thing was, I my mentality was I had to be a local. Mm -hmm. I had to live, you know, I had to live in their shoes. I had mm -hmm. to walk, you know, their steps. Right. So I was actually offered by a team to move into a condo, give me a, give me a brand new car, and I said no. I want to live with the locals. I want to be a local. Right. I want to live how they lived. You know, I want to see their struggle. I want to be through that struggle. I want, I want to go through that. Right. And looking back, like at that time, it sucked. <laughs> but looking back now, you know, it's like it was the best decision I made. Man. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. I want to jump into the mentality because not only are you in home country the yes, motherland mm -hmm. but you're not in the motherland no you are in a foreign country oh kind of like when russell peters talks about that joke about oh going to God. india for the first time because i'm indian <laughs> steps off the plane Ooh. and he realized how fucking indian he's not yeah Is, tell me about that experience like, oh because you, you talk about the loneliness yeah and i i relate to that because when i left for the east yes, sir. i was fucking lonely man <laughs> I, I put myself in the work yeah but you're with your peoples and there's this cultural they see you as the enemy almost. Yes, sir. So walk me through it. What was that like? Man, <clears throat> the first taste of it. Well, I got, you know what? I got lucky. The first two weeks, my, my family was with me. Mm -hmm. um, my first, when my, my, my parents left, my brother left. And that was the first taste. Like the next day, I had practice. My practice is at 7 o'clock. But I had to get up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning because the commute from point A to point B to go to my practice was fucking bananas the traffic was insane in the philippines mm -hmm. in asia so getting up at four o'clock in the morning i had to step out and people were like oh you got to take this taxi you got to take this this jeep and you got to take this jeepney fucking jeepney right like you got to take this train and i was like i have no idea what you're saying so i got this for me i was like okay cool i got all this route plans i'm not gonna do it so i i took a taxi and the very first taxi that I that I, I I called in an old lady she was about 80 years old she bumped me out of my way she bumped me out of my way and she just got in the taxi and I'm like fucking welcome to the Philippines man wow man and to me that was like a shocker it was I was like okay like it's a dog eat dog right you don't know the language people look at you different people goddamn know you're not from there mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. um you know it's just different, man. And, you know, like the culture shock. And I always tell players that want to go overseas, coach, is it hard playing basketball? And I'm like, you know, it's not that difficult playing basketball because basketball is just, it's just, it's just a one language. Mm -hmm. But living overseas, that's a whole different fucking ball game. <gasps> yeah, that's a whole different ball game, man. So, you know, you know, you got to look for your, you got to look out. You can't wear the earrings. Mm -hmm. At that time, I had mm -hmm. stud earrings. Yeah, yeah. You yes, can't wear yes, your, you, did. <laughs> you know, yes, you, did. you can't wear the fancy shirts. Um, you can't wear the fancy shoes. And people look at you, you know, you got open, you got open, you're wearing your slippers. People are like, oh, he doesn't have enough dirt. He's Whoa. not from here. You got clean slippers. You got clean the slippers. clean slippers was a dead giveaway. Oh, they know, man. They know. Locals know. Crazy. Yeah, Locals yeah, know. yeah. So, yeah. So, what was, so it sounded like you had to try out for the team. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. And so you're trying out. You obviously made the team. Yep. How was it to finally bond with that team, with them? Are they still seeing you as the enemy? Oh, or, yeah. Or does the game speak for itself? No, no. No. It gets worse. Really? It gets worse. When you make the team, 
and you become a threat and the people see that you're a threat people see that you have the skill people you see that you have the potential it gets worse no one talks to you uh-huh everyone hits you in practice yeah you know in practice first couple of bits in practice i had my teammates i had my teammates like spitting at me mm -hmm. i had my teammates you know like another one i had my teammates yes. like you know giving me hits and punching me and all that so um, you definitely, definitely have to work your ass off to gain their respect and to gain, you know, that edge. So, Wait, was there a time when they finally did accept you? Um, I think it was. I think it was the first couple practices in the first couple games, where, you know, I've I've had I've been very lucky to have a father that played overseas too, so mm -hmm. he kind of gave me a heads up and how it's gonna be there. So first couple of bits, first couple of practice, your teammates test you and they hit you and they spit at you and they punch you and here and there. If you back down, mm -hmm. can't cut it, mm -hmm. can't mm -hmm. cut it. They'll look at you and say, if we were to go to war and we were playing against other teams, do you have my back? Right. So <clears throat> first couple of practices, a um, couple of teammates would hit me. I would hit them back. Mm -hmm. I would hit him back. I was ready to go blows. No one was gonna go. No was. No one was gonna come in between my my dream. Right, right. My right. dream was to make the PBA, to make the dream, to make it pro. And anybody that hit me, I would hit him back. I would hit him back, and I would, you know, I would shove him back. And I was just, I was ready to go blows. And I was ready to throw it down. It was funny to me because you know I was ready to go blows and throw it down. They would laugh at me, and they would go, "Okay, this is how you're, this is how you're built." Mm -hmm. And I was letting them know that I'm like, this is how I'm fucking built. Right, right, right. And you know, and that's how I, uh, that's how I, that's how I got the respect. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome back, guys. If you guys are just joining us, welcome to the Cash Leads Podcast. We have an incredible <laughs> guest here this week with Calvin Delapena. He just walked us through graduating from high school as a champion, moving over to the seas, uh, to overseas to the Philippines to chase his professional basketball career, where it's not nice. Uh, it's vicious. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. If you guys have questions, punch them through. I got, all the, I got all the technology to make sure we can answer all your questions, guys. So bring back any any, any questions. We're going to answer them throughout. We're caught up now. Now you've made the team. Mm. So what happened the first year? When did, walk me through your accolades. Because your, your resume, Rookie of the Year, yeah. MVP, <clears throat> uh, with the Cardinal Five or the Eternal Cardinals, what is that? Oh, um, well... If, if for that time, you can play college and you can play pro. So it's NCAA. And then you can play pro. And then you can go play pro. Yeah, so at the same time. So you got, oh. it's, it's, it's done differently overseas. Back then. Right. Like this is like the early 2000s. Okay. Now it's like 20 years later. Right, right, right. Um, so when I first got in, um, people, could, people could see that, you know, like I, I, I got the potential and I could be somebody. Um, so my very first year, again, man, no one, no one was out there to outwork me. Yeah, my my goal was to make a name for myself mm -hmm. and to get my rookie of the year, um, and I did. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I was. Um, I wouldn't say I was lucky. Um, when you work really hard, then you get extra lucky. Of course. Of course. Um, <clears throat> and. You know, from there, um, it's funny now, looking back, like my teammates would always make fun of me and say, oh, be careful now, you're working too hard, you might get Rookie of the Year and then you get MVP. But that was such a, that, I used that as a fuel for me. Mm -hmm. And I used that as, okay, I got my Rookie of the Year, I'm going to show you that I'm going to make MVP this time. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I got the MVP and, you know, I got second pick for, at that time was a PBL, was called PBL. Mm -hmm. Played really well for there. And then, yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just through hard work, man. It's mm -hmm. through hard work and and it's just building and investing in yourself and working and waking up early mornings and, and putting the time in. And that's the thing, what a lot of kids understand, don't understand is, they think it's just like it comes to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they think they think it just comes to you. And it's right. like I go, oh yeah, I go shoot around, but it's day in, and then and it's night out. It's it's oh, it's it's it's, it's got to be, you know, eight hours here, and then eight hours here. You go to sleep, 
Let's do it again. Right. Let's fucking do it again. Let's do it again. A lot of kids give up too soon, man. Yeah. Give up too easy. So um, for me, no one was going to outwork me. When Once I reached my rookie of the year, what's fucking next? What's right. next? Got my MVP. Good. What's next? Good. Got my second pick. Good. What's next? Can I sign that contract? Signed it. Good. What's next? It's always, always got to got to compete every single day that you wake up you got to compete we got a we got a question coming in from uh, from diamonds this is actually coming from vietnam and he asked calvin how much influence did your brother and pops have towards your work ethic oh my gosh um i would say my dad yeah to this day i still can't beat him um he's the first one to get up in the morning man i remember in high school the dude would get up at 3.30 in the morning and go to work. Wow. And I remember I remember when I was in high school, um, sitting down at a dinner table, and I was, I was bitching about, I still remember this, it's crazy. I was bitching about practice and how I'm, I'm so tired, you know, and I have so much homework. And I, I remember seeing my dad across the table and his hands were literally like cut and and dried and you know it was honestly like I'm bleeding and I'm not making this up and I remember looking over and then he's looking down on the table fucking exhausted working from like a 15 hour shift day and he's sitting down and he gave me this look like don't you dare bitch about your day and for me and that was it and I was like Done. That's it. Which, is it fair to say that your dad said, yeah. Talk is cheap, motherfucker! Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, even to this day, like, I look at my dad. My dad is, like, he's close to 70, but he's still working, man. Incredible. He's still working. Incredible. It's still working, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. If you guys are just joining us, welcome back to the Cash Leads Podcast. I got a true-to-the-bone champion here, Calvin Delapena. He just walked us through his journey from moving to the Philippines fighting for a spot on the NCAA team, getting rookie of the year, being champion, getting his second pick, signing his contracts. But that's not even it yet because the biggest part of your career, of your accolades are to come where Nike makes a shoe after you. <laughs> was it called the Air de la Pena? Yeah, well, no, it was, it was, yeah, it was a concept. You know, like at that time it was Nike, it was Nike and Adidas um, fighting over fighting over me wow. to sign with them. What, what's that feeling like? Oh, man, it was cool. What is that? Fuck. Like, I mean, like a, a kid from Bishop McNally High School in the Northeast. Northeast. <laughs> Northeast. Northeast. You know, at that time, you're like, yeah, just playing, just playing basketball. Uh -huh. And when they start, you know, when, when you go overseas and you start playing well and you start getting all these accolades and start getting all this attention, um, the big brands want to work with you now, you mm -hmm. know, like, mm -hmm. you're like, whoa, what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, I ended up signing with Adidas. Adidas signed with me for, signed me for two years. Interesting. And it was really, really, really interesting. And I think going back, this is my business mindset. Uh -huh. It was a funny story. Um, my agent called me up and says, hey, we were finalizing a deal with Adidas. Your meeting is at this time, this time, this time. So... At that time, I was like, okay, I need Adidas shit. I need Adidas gear. Mm -hmm. And I was such a dick, man. A young, egotistic, business-minded kid. Right. That I showed up to the meeting wearing a Jordan, Jordan fucking tracksuit. <laughs> so I signed a deal. I signed a deal. I was wearing Jordan shoes, right. Nike socks, Jordan top, Jordan blah, 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 blah. I signed a deal with Adidas. And I looked at the vice president and the manager and my agent, and I said, I guess you're going to take me to the back now and give me all the Adidas shit, right? <laughs> and that was it, man. So they they said, yeah, I guess so. So they took me to the back, and I just went, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. Open it up. So Open it up. I had to do it. I had to do it. So, you know, and then uh, from then on, they, uh, it's funny, like my agent reminds me to this day. It's like, remember when you showed up? With all the Nike Jordan shit. He's yeah. like, you're such an asshole. And I'm like, I had to do it. <laughs> uh, 
there's not too many people that we're going to be able to have this conversation with. So can, yeah. you, can you give us an inside look? What was the pitch like? Because all I hear when I see these, yeah. you know, they always talk about, uh, <laughs> they, they talk about, uh, yeah. uh, 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 you know, the, the boardroom table. They yep. talk about the, the, the PowerPoint presentations. Yep. Like, yep. What was all that like? It was intense. It was intense. I was sitting with two other players. Um, at that time, it was, I still remember, Robbie Reyes, my boy Robbie, what's up Robbie? Um, my boy Dylan Babu, he's, uh, Robbie's back in the States now, he's got a family, mm -hmm. he's retired, he's my age. Um, Dylan is still playing pro. Um, they sat us down, three of us, three of us sat us, they sat us down and they uh, basically had a PowerPoint presentation. At that time we were all amateurs. We were all playing, um, you know, in this in this in the scene, and they offered us this, this deal two years and PowerPoint presentation of all all of our highlights. All the highlights. All the highlights, and um, yeah, and then they slid us our term sheet, and this is what you're gonna get. This is what you're gonna get. This is the billboards that you're gonna be on. Really? The billboards. They show you the billboards. The billboards right away, right away man. And uh, I was on the middle of the highway. And for some Filipinos know the road EDSA, the highway EDSA. And uh, it was interesting, man. It was really cool. You know, for me, like a 19-year-old kid that was a kid, and I was just like, holy fuck, like this is crazy. Um, it was intense. It was intense. <clears throat> Sorry, brother. Keep talking. I was gonna, gonna launch this battery here. It's all good. <laughs> there we go. We're, what are we back. we're back. We're back. Technical difficulties, but we're back. This this live stream is heating up, my friend. People are coming through. Yeah, let's do it. Do you want me to press go live here? Yes! We're back. We'll fix it. <laughs> we'll fix it. Yes, technical difficulties. Yes, it's a $2 million set, but Dilly the Sound Guy's not here. And this is what happens when Dilly the Sound Guy's not around. I gotta take this on my own and bring us back to life. So welcome back once again to the Cash Leads Podcast once and, once and again, guys. I've got Calvin Delapena here. He's actually walking us through the pitch with Nike and Adidas. Yeah. So they got you at the boardroom. They're yep. giving you the slideshow. They're yep. showing you the billboards. Show Are they showing you the shoes as well? The concepts? Um, not the co not the shoes. Not the concept. Uh, they they mainly they mainly just um, had our term sheet, the billboards, and the highlights, and what they're gonna do, like a three month, six month, twelve month project with us, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. step by step. And um, <clears throat> I didn't even honestly, to be honest with you, I didn't even sit with Nike. They they sent me the concept mm -hmm. and I sat down with Adidas and honestly it blew me away I wasn't you know I'm not the type of guy that's like yeah Nike mm -hmm. um, it was an opportunity me opportunity for me to be with a company two years and Nike was offering me like a year right and I it was it, the longevity and and growing with the company and and giving me time to become a really special player in two years. Um, I felt like at that time Nike wasn't really giving me that option, and they had so many players, man. Nike had so many players at that time, and Adidas at that time didn't have many. So I jumped in with Adidas. Right, right, right. Try yeah. and champion the the, 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 yeah. the cause there. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Okay, so you got you got the shoe deal now. Yeah. Shoe deal. You're a proven champion. Yeah. And so did you try and start the the acad the basketball academy then? Um, so I started the, I, I, I tried to open up a facility later down in my career. So I moved out there early 2000s 
And then I started to open up my own facility at 2009 and 10. Really? So um, my goal was to have, you know, a practice, uh, team practices where I would have two, three courts, a, a track, the same thing that you would see for Repsol. Right, because right, right. during off-season, I would come home, visit my family, and I would see Repsol. I'm like, man to have this in the Philippines. And that was my vision, is to have a facility like Repsol or right. Talisman at that time. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so Incredible. that's when I was gonna start it. Okay, so so walk us through here, because this is when I think the journey really yep. takes a turn. Yep. And you're at your highest, and so you, you go in this business venture, and if you don't mind, we're gonna dig deep here. Let's do it. So what happened with this? Because obviously it didn't it didn't materialize, but there's a, an incredible story, I yep. believe that starts here, uh, leads into your an injury yep. and brings you back home. Yep. So what happened? Let's start with the business deal. So the business deal didn't fall. It it, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a partner of mine at that time uh, pretty much stole, stole everything, man. Mm-hmm. Stole everything, stole my ideas, uh, stole all my money, and ran it with my former teammate. Wow. Yep. I ran it with my former teammate. And that was a good reminder for me that was like it was it had to be a doggy dog. It's a doggy dog world. And it humbled me because at that time when I was at my peak, I was a different person, Don. Mm-hmm. I was a totally different person, man. I thought I was I was the king. I was mm-hmm. you know, I was doing the King Cardinal. I was the King Cardinal, man. I was doing commercials. I was, you know, fucking billboard. I was in magazines, mm-hmm. man. Cover magazines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I was in TV shows. I was in a game show, for goodness sakes. Right. Were, were you singing your own tracks? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. I was in game shows, right? right. So, um, and I was a totally different person, like, to a point where nobody really liked me. Mm-hmm. No, Nobody really liked me. And, and God, God has his ways, and it humbled me. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a, it was a fact. It was, I got injured, my career-ending injury. I had three herniated discs. And, you know, I was in the I was in the cane, I was in the wheelchair, you name it, man. And then I would try to open up a business and said, What do I do with this money? So let's open up a facility. And then my partner bounced on me, stole my money. Damn. And I was basically like left in the dust. I showed up to practice. The good thing is I still had a year in my contract. Um, so I was still getting paid by my, my team. Right. But I couldn't show who Calvin Dell Payne was just injured. Right, right, right. Um, so I show up to practice and nobody would talk to me, man. No one would talk to you. Nobody would talk to me. It was uh, it was career ending, so everyone was like, let him finish his contract. Right. It's a dog eat dog, man. Right, right, right. He's done. He can't he's done. He's, he's, he's bringing us down. Yeah, he's bringing us down. Wait for his contract. You know, we'll see what happens when he gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, we got to focus on who we need to focus on. Right, we got to focus on the organization. That's right. So if it's a big organization. Basically throw them off the ship. Basically. So what, Basically. what was that like to face? That? I was suicidal. Really? I was suicidal. And uh, I have a tattoo of my dog. Yeah. I have a tattoo of my dog because I remember one night, you know, my mom is probably going to hear this shit. Um, I remember one night I came home from practice. I was overweight. I was over 230 pounds or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was came from my peak. You know, it was Billboard magazine, game shows. TV shows, you name it, man. And then overnight, no one would talk to me. No one would even invite me for dinner. Wow. Um, nobody wanted to be around me because I had such a negative vibe. Right, right. Um, and I came home, and I would literally just sit there, and my dog would just be sitting there with me. I didn't walk him. I didn't take care of him. I didn't really feed him. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a rainy day. It was a rainy night, and I stepped out of my 11th floor balcony. And I closed the door and I was looking out and like, again, it's just this visioning this, looking out and I was like, okay, am I going to jump down in that fucking pool? And I was, seriously, bro, like, Mm -hmm. I was suicidal. Mm -hmm. And my dog just kept fucking barking, kept like running to that door, kept like, kept barking, kept barking, kept scratching the door, kept barking, kept barking, kept scratching the door. And, and he saved my life. Incredible. He saved my Incredible. life. 
Like, and he just knew that night. He's never done that before. He's never done that before. Incredible. He saved my life. And yeah, 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 yeah. So from that yeah. realization, was, was it from that moment you said, I need to turn it back together? Or was it more like, holy fuck, I'm um, in a bad spot? At that, I, at that moment, I knew it was a, at a very, very bad spot. Mm -hmm. A very bad spot. Um, and it was, uh, it was I, I walked in and I looked at my dog and I was like, this is not you. This is not Kelvin De La Pena. This is not the guy that made it out here and you know, made a name for himself. So it wasn't overnight. It wasn't overnight. It was a slow buildup. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I took my dog, went out in the rain, and I walked him for maybe like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. We just walked mm -hmm. and I went to bed probably in the same clothes. And I woke up that morning and I said, okay, no more fucking cane. I, I hate the cane. No more cane. So mm -hmm. I threw away the cane. And little by little, man, it was like, okay, what's the next rehab? I got to go to rehab. I got to walk my dog at 5 o'clock in the morning so I can make to rehab. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was, you know, fortunate enough um, <clears throat> to to be with Alejandra, you mm -hmm. know, Alejandra. Of course. So at that time, she, she really helped me out. Um, she was going back and forth to Canada and Philippines. That's what it was. Because I saw her yeah. in... The, the, at that time it was Facebook. Yeah. So I saw her. So I wasn't sure if she was out there the whole time or. Yeah. But she was going back and forth. She was going back and forth because I lost everything. Right. So she she was doing it for the team. So she went home to Canada. She would work. She would work. She would work, and because I couldn't provide for the both of us anymore, um, so it was you know, I was I was good paying for myself, mm -hmm. um, but for her I was like. You know, I was like, you got to go home and you got to get a job. Right. And, yeah, so she would go back and forth. And it was so bad, Donnie, that I couldn't even, I lost everything that I couldn't even feed my dog. I couldn't even feed myself. I was literally walking to 7-Eleven and buying 20 pesos worth of carrots celery and boiled eggs to mm -hmm. feed to feed my dog right 20 pesos is probably 50 cents something like that at that time and i couldn't feed my dog so i was feeding my dog carrots <laughs> celery and like a bread a piece of bread yeah. and boiled eggs and, just and, to make ends meet and, and and the crazy thing is, is we all know dogs hate Carrots <laughs> and celery. He's yeah. probably looking like you. Sorry, <laughs> you take my ass back yeah, to Canada man. right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I lost everything, man. But you know, it was a slow build up. It was a slow build up, and I started. I started. I didn't have money to pay f for a strength coach at that time. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did was I started running the stairs in my condo. I started, you know, walking up, and I'm like, okay, I feel good. My lower back is good. Mm -hmm. And then I would walk another floor and then I would go swimming. I don't know how to swim, but I would, you, you know, would, uh, <laughs> I would, I would do my swimming exercises. I would do high knees. I'm like, okay, that felt good. Let's push the envelope a little bit. And then little by little, and I got to a point where I was actually doing bear crawls down the stairs. And that's how I actually got in and, and getting into fitness. Right. So, and then doing the exercises, the hip mobility right, stuff. Right, right, right. And and uh, that's when I was like, hey, maybe this is something that I want to do after playing pro. I want to train people. I want to help people walk again. I want right. to help people get fit. Right, 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 yeah. right. It's a side note, have you ever heard of Jeff Hughes in Calgary? Um, no. He, he's a performance uh, coach, a strength and conditioning coach. But okay. he, he's the only other person I've ever seen. Okay. I, I, I met him through CBD, but today's the first time I got treatment from him. Yeah. But he focuses very highly on... I think on, so. I yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myofascial strain. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot about hip mobility yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. health and whatnot. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. I've I got to connect yeah. you to if, if you haven't. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. you guys have a lot of lot in common. Let's do it, man. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get you guys, we'll yeah. get you guys connected for yeah. sure. So you're, you're back. You're, your body is finally back. Yeah. And and this is, this is important because not... Being injured is one thing, mm -hmm. but being injured as an athlete, yeah, and losing that that part of your body is devastating. Absolutely, right? let alone losing all the money and and you're lonely. 
So when, what sparks you after you gain your body back, your mobility? Are, are you 100% yet? No, it was a battle. It was a battle because when I was injured in that two-year window, all these kids from different countries were coming in. Mm -hmm. So when I'm watching these young bucks, at that time I was already like 29, mm -hmm. and I'm watching these young guys and I'm like, fuck, I got to compete with him now? Mm -hmm. I got to compete with him now? So my thing was, it's not about competing. Yes, it's, it's about competing, but it's also giving back. Mm -hmm. It's also giving back. So what's, what's crazy is when I started having all these kids, all these 19-year-olds train and wanted to learn more about the Philippines basketball life, they were asking me questions. I'm like, hey, how do you, how do you go about this? How do you do this? How do you manage your money? How do you do this? So by me giving back, all these kids were helping me train and helping me be young again. Right. So, you know, training with them and keeping up with them, um, it was it was a blessing. It was a blessing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's almost a catalyst to give to get, regain your spirit. And that's what that's what that's what it is, man. People underestimate giving back. Mm -hmm. You know, people always question about like what can you do for me? Right. You know, and networking is such a funny thing. People go out there and network, and people go, "Hey, I have this. What can you do for me?" Mm -hmm. Instead of networking and saying, "Hey, what can I help you with?" Absolutely. What can I help you with? Absolutely. And let's work together so let's make this dream come true. And a lot of people underestimate it, man. Absolutely. There's. I want to add to that too. It was actually when I first came back and I was first starting Boost. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell I was. You know, starting a new business. <laughs> Man, there's you, no joke. There's no joke. You might be good at one thing, like you might be a good accountant, you might be a good manager, you might be a good salesperson. Yeah. But when you start a business, it's a whole nother realm absolutely. Of, of of savageness. It's absolutely. And yeah, yeah. I remember one of the first meetings I took was with uh, with Steve, with mm -hmm. Steve Mix, and mm -hmm. uh, at the end of our meeting, <clears throat> he said, you know, you, you know, we're just kind of bouncing ideas and we're going in with our projects, and he says, how can I help you? Yeah, and no one's ever said that to me after being out in Toronto with, you know, the the, the capitalists. Yeah, the hyper capitalists. It was mm -hmm. never how can I help you. And I mm -hmm. remember it like froze me in my tracks, and I was like, what the hell did this guy just say? Mm -hmm. How can I help you? Yeah, and I learned a big lesson just from that. Uh, now I, I, just from that alone, I always want to reach out. And one of the things we talk about because um, money, financial IQ. It's something I had none of. Mm -hmm. I was financially retarded yeah. for many years. <laughs> so I had to learn yeah. uh, how, to, how to build my financial IQ up. And so one of the things was when you're down and out and desperate, tithing is so important. Yeah. Because you can't shell up and mm -hmm. get... and get. Uh, um, and when you shell up, it makes you... It makes you desperate. Yeah. And you start clawing for, for air mm -hmm. as opposed to giving back. Gotta give back, man. Gotta give back. Like... And, and it probably moving forward, like when I got back and I retired from overseas, um, I started training Jermaine, mm -hmm. Keith, and Francis. And these three guys were saying, train us. Mm -hmm. um, let, let us, you know, to train us in what you went through overseas, give us the training. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I wanted to be a strength coach. Mm -hmm. And these guys were like, how much do you charge? I'm like, zero. Mm -hmm. Zero, man. I'm not charging you anything. Um, like, <laughs> this man got back and charged zero dollars yeah. to start trading. So you're working for free. For free. And again, like, it's so crazy, man. What all these young entrepreneurs get it wrong. Where they, where they get it wrong. Where these, like, you know, where these young guys get it wrong is... You know, even the kids in my program, it, they always look at it as like, what can you do for me? Or how much can you pay me? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I was willing to work for free. I needed to learn. I needed to invest in people. I needed to make connections. I needed to make networking. And when I started training Jermaine, when I started training Francis and Keith, with Keith, I got a job with Boys and Girls Club. Mm -hmm. With Francis, he, he connected me with 40 of his friends were Jermaine. Me and Jermaine got back into just 
creating this relationship again where we used to have and we started playing for Calgary Crush. Mm-hmm. You know, with Calgary mm-hmm. Crush, I I played basketball and I you know and and stayed with that in that community and Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. and with Keith connecting me with that, I started working with kids mm-hmm. and with Francis. Now those forty people, some of those guys train with me now and they right, pay right, me money. Right. right. You know, right. at that time, I wasn't charging these Dilnas, guys. Dilnas, I believe. Dilnas, right? Like, I wasn't charging any of these guys. And they were like, literally, like, let us pay you even 10 bucks. And I said, no, zero. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm a nobody. I have zero credentials. I have no certifications. I have no education, nothing. I needed to get my experience. Mm-hmm. And which was crazy about it is, you know, I would train basketball players for free in order for me to pay gym times in order for me to get my certification and my education mm-hmm. is I save bottles. Mm-hmm. And to this day, you know, I tell the kids, I'm like, no fucking excuses because coach paid through education and through, I paid for my gym times through those bottles. What I would do is Monday, I would go really, really early in the morning, 4.30 in the morning to go to a gym. At that time, it was called Strive Fitness okay, yeah. in the Northeast. Right. I would steal all their bottles on a Monday, steal yeah. all their bottles at right. 4, 4, 35 o'clock right. and put it in my car, drive home, drop it off. And throughout that day, I would steal bottles, steal bottles, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I would take all those bottles and go to the bottle depot yeah. and get like 100, 150 bucks Man. a week. Man. By the end of the month, I would have 400, 500 bucks. And now I had all this money, I saved up, and then I was like, let's pay for a certification. And slowly, slowly, I started paying for my education. And how, that's- How long did it take you to complete the, the education? Close to, the close to a little over a year, man. So you were grinding this six day bottle shift Every for day. a full year yeah. to not just pay for the education, but the gym time yeah. to train these athletes for free. Yeah, and obviously to a point when I started getting my certifications, you know, I started training people. At that time, I was charging people like 12 bucks, mm-hmm. 15 bucks, right? And kids, like $40 here and there. And then when they paid me, I would pay for another certification. I was so hungry. Mm-hmm. I was so hungry to learn, man. I was so hungry to get better, you know? I, I, I got my rookie of the year. I got my MVP. I got my draft pick. I got where I needed to be overseas. It's now here, building, build, that's build, that's build, build here in Canada. I was so hungry. So it was, it was, yeah, it was selling bottles. That know. is incredible. Yeah. yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> man, man, that, I didn't, I did not know about that part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Not that many people do. Ali, Alejandra knew what yeah. was going through and, and, and yeah, she, she had my back and she helped me out with that. And it wasn't just on me. Right. It wasn't just on me. Like, Ali helped me out a lot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, my family helped me out a lot. Yeah. But to make things roll in, to make things happen, I had to do it. I had to start it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely incredible. See, you know, it's funny because I was driving last week. I was just driving around town, and I, I, I don't know why the concept of the self-made entrepreneur popped in my head. Mm-hmm. It's such a fancy buzzword these days, self-made, mm-hmm. self-made. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, I'm not a self-made entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I'm not some incredible entrepreneur because when I moved back, I had to lean on every single person around me. Mm-hmm. And so many people held out the branch mm-hmm. to get me to where I am now, mm-hmm. to even even get it to the point where I had money mm-hmm. to eat. I had money mm-hmm. to get my own place. Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking like, I don't think anyone's self-made, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Unless you absolutely stuck in your, you know, mm-hmm. in your basement and mm-hmm. just did it all by you yourself. You grind, you grind, you grind. Right, it's a grind. It's an yeah. absolute grind. It's an absolute grind, man. It's an absolute grind. I know, uh, like, yeah, you're right. Like, I wasn't like self-made, mm-hmm. right? Like, I had people around me. I had great people around me. I have great love around me mm-hmm. to help me out. So, um, without those people, without, you know, I would be still probably fucking do collecting bottles. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, right. So let me ask you this, because. Being at rock bottom is one thing, but making it back up to where you said you were going to be yep. is another thing. So what would you say to someone who's down on their luck, feel like they have nothing, or they feel like it's a restart, or they're in the slump? Mm-hmm. What are some things you would tell them, mindset, or tools, or 
just some things to give them at this moment where they can, okay, those are the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Learn from your mistakes. Um, once you learn from your mistakes, you always, always have to step by step have to have a game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, when people make mistakes and they, just from my experience, a lot of people go out there and they, oh, well, you know, we'll go out there and, and, and we can do it. We can just grind and we can just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to have a game plan. You have to be strategic. It's got to be micro moves, mm-hmm. not big moves. Right. A lot of people think, and they get blinded, is they look at the big picture and they go, I want this and I want that. Let's spend money on here. Let's spend money on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what people don't understand is you got to pay first attention to details. Right. Like even like how the shirt is made, like the stitching, mm-hmm. like how there's a black and then there's a white outline. Mm-hmm. You know, if I put this t-shirt out, and sell it for 45 bucks. People are like, that t-shirt's fucking ugly. I won't mm-hmm. buy that. Now, if I pay attention to details and I say, what would make this t-shirt look better? There's texture. Right. There's layering. Yeah. Now, if I sell it for 55 bucks, people will be like, yes. Absolutely. Let's do it. So for young entrepreneurs, learn from your mistakes. Write it down. You know, I believe there's two different types of people in life. One, if you fail... Either you bitch about it, you go home, and you you cry yourself to sleep, or you're that other person and you go, okay, I made my mistakes, let's learn from it, what can I change? Right, 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 so, right. Yeah, there's yeah. a difference between being stupidly positive yeah. and just understanding and believing your own capabilities. Yeah. And not being afraid to fail because it doesn't matter if I fail, this is just data. Yeah. This, I'm just taking the data. Absolutely. And I'm just making the changes I go along. It, absolutely. So I'm not stupidly positive. I just know that we're getting there and this is the process. It, Trust in the process. It's all in the process. It's all in the process. I think it was uh, one, of, one of the followers that I follow on Instagram today. He posted a video and he said, there's a bamboo tree out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you follow mm-hmm. him too. Mm-hmm. Andrew Frisella. Frisella, yeah. yeah. The, the MF CEO. Yeah. Never heard so many F-bombs on one podcast. <laughs> that guy is immense. So, you know, he was saying that, like, when you when you plant a tree and you put it in, under the soil, um, it takes about five years to grow. Now, every day you visit that, you visit it and you say, fuck, I'm not, it's not growing. Mm-hmm. Now, I can easily pull it out right away and say I give up. It's not growing because you're not seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people look at entrepreneurs like, ah, nah, man, he's nothing. He's whatever. Mm-hmm. Five years in the making, he said he was going to do this. Look, it's still nothing. Yeah, right. Told you. See? Told you. He's see, he's not going to make it. He's a bum. He's not going to make it. What entrepreneurs do, young entrepreneurs do, or young people do is they listen to those people and they go, oh, maybe he's right. Mm-hmm. Maybe what I'm doing right now, maybe the, the process that I'm doing right now is nothing. Maybe it's not working. They're not patient enough. And when, you know, you, you wait for five years and then that little plant grows. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh my gosh, look what happens. And people want to be your friends. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, for me right now, you know, when I was working for the bottles, working for free, um, I always, always had a vision in my head that one day, one day, it was gonna, re- it was gonna pay off, and soon it will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I want to touch on this as well because I think this, <clears throat> to the untrained eye, they may call it woo woo, right? Yeah. And that is uh, the the, the, visual, the visualization of knowing where you're gonna be. Um, there's there's this one YouTube clip. I know you've seen this before, and it's Michael Jordan teaching the free throw. Mm. It's a three parts about him teaching how to do the free throw. And obviously it's, it's you know, your step, your feet, yeah. your posture. But then one of the main points was visualization. Yeah. Watching that ball go in the net. Because a positive attitude brings positive results. And all the greats know this, the Tom Brady's, the Kobe's, the, uh, the Dwayne Wade's and whatnot, Tiger Woods. Yeah. But I feel like not enough people talk about this. The actually visualizing exactly what you want. Because mm-hmm. when I talk to entrepreneurs or just people who are you know, in, in, a, in a spot, in a kerfuffle, I always ask them, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And they never, for the most part, don't know what they want. Yeah. So if you, don't know what they, if you don't know what you want, you don't know where you're going. You don't know where you're going. You have zero. You have absolutely zero. You, you, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And I'm going to say this, like, kids, remember this, or any, anybody that's watching this right now, um, when I was in high school and I was playing basketball in high school, um, it sounds funny now, people really underestimate their game face. And back in high school, it sounds funny, it sounds funny, but back in high school, I would always, always be in front of the mirror um, when I would have a game the next day. I would always, always be in front of the mirror and I would practice my game face hmm. and I would always practice like what I would look like and I would visualize somebody. I would step out of my body. I would step out of my soul and I would look at myself as how would Calvin De La Pena look? So I would always, always visualize me in front of the mirror and and, and practice my game face. It sounds funny now, mm -hmm. but it's it's a it's a very important tool for young individuals or anybody mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. practice. Not enough people practice their game face. Right. Not enough people understand the importance of having a game face. You know, if you want to be successful in life, if you want to be successful in business, in sports, or whatever, in in your field. You got to have a game face. You got to learn how to turn it on. You can't just wake up one day and be like, show up one day and be like, okay. You got to have a game face. When, when a company asks you, it's time to fucking work, it's time to fucking work. That's the game mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When it's time to go, let's go one-on-one. -on -one. And I ask my athletes all the time, let's go one-on-one. -on -one. And then you have some kids that don't understand the game pace or the game face. Mm -hmm. And they go, okay. You know, mm -hmm. when me growing up, it was very important for me to to believe my shit, to mm -hmm. carry myself like, yeah, I'm all about it. Like, I'm all game face. I'm, mm -hmm. Like right now, I'm pumped up. Yeah. Right. Like for for a business, if if a company says we need X amount of dollars at the end of the month, let's buckle down. Let's go game face on this. Damn bitch. right. Damn so right. For the young guys or anybody coming up, practice your fucking game face, man. So, yeah, absolutely incredible. I've actually never heard anyone bring that concept up. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, we're gonna run that back. If I if I had my soundboard right now, <laughs> best I'll be breaking the soundboard. Right so now that you're here, you've you, you've brought it back, okay? And that was an absolutely incredible journey, incredible yeah. story. Thank you for that. So now we're now we're at the present. Now we are, Rise of Poops is 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 growing. Um, I, it's it's incredible. Incredible in the sense that every time I tune in, I see these kids working their ass off. Mm. I see the attitude is sky high in there. I see you calling out, you know, the bums. <laughs> Coach K is Coach K is calling out the bums. <laughs> if you're not showing up to practice, if you're not showing up on time, if you got a bad attitude, yes, he's gonna yeah. call you out. And the incredible thing is, you do have the success again, and I think you're going in a beautiful direction. So what's next? Um, what's next is my vision is I am here. My vision is to go around the world and I'm going to make it happen, Don. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have, I'm going to have a station in Edmonton. I'm going to have a station in Toronto. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a station here. I, I want my voice to be, to be out there and, and to be heard and not, not because like for selfish reasons. I, I am a big, huge believer that um, I'm a product of him. And when I got injured, it was it was because of him. You know, a lot of people looked at my injury and says, you know, a lot of people probably are saying, they're like, oh, you got injured. Fuck, you know, there's no God. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. that happened for a reason. I want to, you know, I want to help individuals get to one of I want to help animals. For goodness sakes, like yesterday... You know, I was in the I was in the gym washroom and I was about to take a shower and I was looking at my Instagram and I was looking at my Instagram and I saw a dog <laughs> getting abused and I literally weeped and I cried and I was like, man, and I cried and I cried and I cried and I sat down. And I'm like, I want to help. I want to help animals. I want to help people mm -hmm. and I want to help it worldwide right 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 on the major scale on the major scale man because i feel like if god is has given me this 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 drive why am i just keeping it here in the northeast in the southeast in the southwest and this let's 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 bring it worldwide yeah so 
Yeah, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Guys, this is the Cash Leads Podcast. We have one of the most immense champions here. What an incredible story here today. We're going to have this published. We're going to have it everywhere. Just so you guys know, this show is sponsored by Boost CBD. That's right, B-triple-O-S-T. We make cannabis products for people who don't like getting high, specifically using CBD for performance and recovery. Check it out, www.boost.ca. That's B-triple-O-S-T. Calvin, absolutely immense. That was an incredible show. Thank yes, you sir. for coming on. Yes, sir. My man, thank you very oh, much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Incredible. Thank Any last words me. for the people out there? Um, hey, man, just uh, be good. Do good. Um, every day you got to compete. Uh, I'm not saying compete where you're, you're trying to cross people. Compete by helping people um, to get to where they want to be. Um, if, if an individual, um, you know, beats you, um, be, be happy for them um, because it, it will return tenfold. Um, help people be good and stay true. Cash Leads Podcast Week 8, we're done.